0: Radio Meerstein
1: Hello. (laughs) Welcome to Parsha Talk. Thank you for joining us. We are so happy to to see you. I am Rabbi Elliot Malamud in Highland Park at the Highland Park Conservative Temple Congregation on Shemit. Joining me as always, my good friends, Rabbi Barry Chester, Solomon Schechter Day School, Long Island. Rabbi Jeremy Kalmanowski, Anche Chesed in New York City. It's great to see you. How was your Thanksgiving? Let's start off by that. Barry, I saw you got a haircut, beard cut i did thanksgiving was great it's very small
2: this is the first time since 1996 that we weren't with the same two families we've celebrated thanksgiving for almost 25 years with the same two families so this year we were able to zoom with them so that was actually nice it's something that we could do in the year 2020 that we couldn't have done years ago obviously um but you know thanksgiving there's always a lot to be thankful for so so, it was a good holiday, Jeremy. How was yours?
0: Lovely. Although my I had one child, he w- tested negative ultimately, but Yudida was exposed to someone, and so he didn't come. He's he stayed quarantined in his house, but he in the end in the end he was fine. He didn't have it.
1: Oh, terrific, wonderful. Well, a little. And what about you, Elliot? I had a great Thanksgiving. It was me, Kim, Oliver, Mayan. We all had a great time. Pumpkin risotto. And nice, I'm vegan. Yes, absolutely. All right, we're going into Ba'yishlach. Ba'yishlach, one of the most important parshiot in the Torah. Uh,
2: you have to change your cue card, Elliot. You say that every week.
1: Every week, but it's always true too. It's always true. And and the, look, it starts out with a delegation. Yaakov is sending a delegation to his brother. He's coming back from Haran, as we uh, talked about last week. He is. There's just so much. He has to deal with. so Barry take us into this moment where at, at the very beginning of the Parsha the pasuk says so, it begins
2: with Jacob sends Malachim um, across the river and it's an interesting thing the word Malach means both messenger and angel and there's often a degree of tension as to what what we're actually talking about in any given scene. Um, Here it seems pretty clear from the Torah itself that Jacob is sending a few of his men as a scouting party ahead or a diplomatic mission to prep for the the great meeting. Um, And Rashi has what seems to me to be a very curious comment that he's actually sending real angels. And you wonder, first of all, how Jacob has access to these angels. But even so, it, it just is so striking that in the context has seen altogether, but the Malach plays a big role in the, in the story. Um, and it carries through all the way, I think to the end of the meeting, because when Jacob is going to meet Esau, he's going to say that it's as if I saw God and his vision of God is very much wrapped up in that embrace with the angel.
1: Well, of course, you know the whole story begins with Malachim. Malachim only This is the 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 sulam, the dream. And in fact, you know, some commentators point out the, the fact that that we are talking about the angels that escorted him on the way out of the land, and the angels that are escorting him on the way into the land. And so, it may not be that far fetched to to say that he has access to to these celestial beings. I don't know, Jeremy. You want to take take a, a shot at that one, or we'll go. To the next piece, which is you know the, the the sense of I mean take us into his character take us into into the emotional depth here the complexity what what's going through his mind yeah well, there's, there's
0: so so much complexity about Yaakov. and is, is there a scene in all of biblical you uh, know in, in all the Bible that works on so many levels both narrative. And also psychological of Jacob, what Jacob has to confront and wrestle with, he has he has to separate out his family so that in, into into two camps, so that that Asaph, whom he thinks is going to, to exact vengeance, won't won't uh, kill the the whole kitten caboodle all at once. He separates them out and puts Rachel and Joseph in the in the back, so that they are the most uh, they're the most defended by the way how complicated must the relationship be with the rest of those kids who sends to the front lines as he's protecting rachel rachel and Leah, i think Rachel i just say kind of so it's
1: interesting yeah, the tortoise, yeah it it's a safe. little foreshadowing of the of the of the breakdown in the sibling relationship but barry you want to say
2: something? well Vayeshev, right i mean it yeah. seems pretty clear that that sets up the Vayeshev story where the ten brothers are against yosef And maybe they're, you know, holding it against him from from the river scene. But I'm curious how you see the whole scene playing itself out. So Jacob, when we left him last week, he was running away from Laban and he's coming back home. So if Esau is meeting him, he must have sent some kind of message saying, you know, it's been a long time. I'm looking forward to seeing you. But he's not acting like that. Who is right. who, now Jacob? Or yeah. Jacob is acting as if he's petrified. He's
0: if we right.
2: force our language, because I
0: sent I sent a gift to Asab, and I asked my I asked my human or divine messenger to send the gift to Asab. The messenger comes back and says, "Oh, Asab's eager to see you. He's got four
2: hundred men with him." Right, which reminds us perfect. that he has more men than Abraham took
1: to war. He has a, a, the size of a battalion with him, and he's yeah. a gang leader. And, I mean, the Torah does an effective job of setting up the contrast between Jacob as a family man and the nation, the colonel of the nation, and Esav as a, as a, a kind of gangland figure.
0: Right. Al-charbecha <laughs> is, what, is what Isaac had said to him, to, to Esav, you're going to live by the sword, okay? And so Jacob says, let's, 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 I'd like to see Esav... And Tony Soprano is coming out with four hundred guys, and it's in a, it's a very intimidating moment. So, Aesop, of course, as we know, as the modern reader knows, um, the ancient readers, I think, were were much less generous. To Aesop, a, Aesop comes off much less violent. Obviously,
2: he seems benign.
0: He does. He does. Uh, it seems like he has actually given a measure of forgiveness.
2: Right, and it's a complete role reversal. Right, this isn't the picture of Yaakov as Ishtam and Nasav as uh, the hunter and the man, the great man of the outdoors who lives, as you said, by the sword and and dies by the sword, as it were. He seems more of a domestic type, and Yaakov is the wily lord or uh, the
1: sheikh. Of
2: it, are you, no, I think Yaakov. That you know, right? He's dividing his camp. He's going to combat. Right? He's presenting a combat mode. You exactly. you you said the uh the phrase as
0: the description of Yaakov back from Parsha Toldot. Ish Tam Halim and Tam, you know, with that with that nice range of m- semantic meanings, can mean you know, uh, pure, as in a sense of moral purity. It, it can mean a sense of naivete, you know. It, it can mean, as in the Haggadah, a sense of a simpleton. But it's pretty ironic because Jacob is certainly none of those things.
1: And you know, yet, in and contrast, yet, to he is a. There, there. He's vulnerable here. He's vulnerable because he's got children with him. He's got his four wives with him. He's got the retinue. He's got all of his possessions with him. He's coming from a long journey. There, there, there. Are tremendous vulnerabilities here, I, I, and and. You know, the fact that, that he is defined by family and the fact that Esau is defined not by family, defined by the, you know, what, what is essentially either military or a gang persona here. And or
2: and, I'm sorry, you could say that Esau is defined by his family, meaning his brother. Right? Yaakov is only concerned about his family. Right. What he got in Haran, and Padam Haran. And Esau is going to meet him with open arms because he's going to embrace his brother. That's his family.
1: So there you, what you're saying is that, that what's defining this moment for Esau is, not, it is no sense of violence. No, no, it's just... A sense of I, I, you know, where have you been? What you know, what 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 have you been? <laughs> yes,
0: I I think this is I think that the, the way the shot or semantic narrative quality, is about Esav here, and 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 we what we don't have access to is maybe Jacob's sense of intimidation was correct that he came with four hundred guys because he intended to exact vengeance, and then when he sees him. It's no longer possible. That, that's possible. Or maybe he never intended but violence. But there are
1: a couple of stages before that. First, first of all, Yaakov has this moment of prayer, katonti mikola chassadi mikola beautiful modern Israeli song. He says, kivim makli avarti, I went over with his staff, which I, I had, I went over with nothing. I had, only had potential. And now I have this, ne'eshnei machanot, and he wants to be saved. And... and um, and then he sends, he sends these, like a parade of gifts to him, right? I often like to make a point of the, the ratios between male to female um, animals in the different flocks that he sends The 200 she-goats, 20 egos, so that's 1 to 10, 1 male for every 10 females. That's, that's not a subtle message to your brother who is uh, you know uh, the, the masculine of the masculine. Here, uh, ten bulls and forty cows, twenty she asses, ten here I mean, this is some significant, you know, subtext here. Uh, By the way, I,
0: I often think that that uh, we can go back to what what it means. But I, you know, like when when the Bible tells you a story that is heavily ideologically laden, you say, okay, it's telling us, you know, what we're supposed to think or or who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. This is probably, at least at some level. Like just a little bit of animal husbandry data in the ancient world. Like, how did it work? How how did if you were if you were taking if you were taking care of a flock of donkeys or a flock of camels, how many males and females did you need? And this one gives you this like you know
1: just just the details of how it was that you did that. No, I think these are starter flocks. Is it he's giving him a start? It's like you know (laughs) you get your starter. I don't know. I get your starter seeds. Starter. Yeah, that's right. The
0: little packet of the seeds. The little exactly. packet of the seeds if you want to grow green peppers. And if you want to grow donkeys,
1: this is what you need. Well, no. So, so maybe what, what, what Jacob is doing is he's he's trying to project onto to Asa. Look, I'm a, I'm a herdsman. I'm I am this domesticated person, you know, living the paradigm of the, the shepherd. And I'm, I'm I'm giving you the starter material.
2: So you're suggesting then that Jacob is trying to civilize Esau. I think. Right, because otherwise, who does he think Esau is?
1: I think that's right? a wonderful point. You know, it's he's something that I never thought us. about. But, but this Right, is if it. he's
2: giving him starter flocks, the implication is that this is not who Esau is, right? Absolutely. You don't give someone who has a whole herd right. to themselves
1: a couple of sheep to get going. I'm going to quote you in Shul this week. That's is a, this is a, a marvelous kadouche in the sense that that this is exactly what's going on. Asaph is the is the untamed wild man, but, but you know, organized with in, in terms of war, in terms of battle, and Yaakov is the attempt at the civilized man. Okay, so now this, this sets up our, our confrontation because, you know, after sending all these gifts, uh, Yaakov had, and sending, dispatching his, his uh, family, it says vaivater. He is alive. So let's be clear here.
2: Jacob's family is on the west side of the river. Yeah, Right? And Jacob's going to go back on the east side in the foreign land for his wrestling match with the Angel. Okay. He goes back. And that also is kind of striking. You would think that Jacob would go first, leave everyone behind, and have the wrestling match as it were in their sister Hale in and Canaan, but it seems yeah. to be the opposite.
0: You know, by the way, just real quick, you, you're, you're speaking about this. And th- I don't really have uh, enough knowledge to, to, to say this intelligently. But you're, you're speaking about it, Barry, as if the river is the Jordan and yeah. that he's east side. But it, it's ma'avaria it's, vok. It's 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 the Yavuk,
2: which, right, which is an east-west river, not a north-south river, right? right. But it's still separating the land from Eretz Canaan, I think, right? Maybe. You have to go across the Jordan to get into Canaan. That is the entire eastern border. That's right. Right but, from the Kinneret to yeah. Yamim it's the Jordan River. Right, right. But uh, first of all,
0: the the story you know, the, the richness of the story about Jacob being all alone, um, he's he's separated from his family. His family is, at whatever level, exposed to, he's a little closer to Asaph. Jacob is hanging in the back. Maybe he's trying to protect himself, but discovers that he's actually got to have this confrontation anyway.
2: Okay, one other idea.
0: I just, I just wanted to point out the one thing, the, river, the name of the river, Yabok, and he's Yaakov, the 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 confrontation with self is so beautifully told in that name of the river. He's got to be. He's got to keep crossing the self to to uh, and, and be it, left
1: alone. I mean, it's it's overt. Vaivater Yaakov Levado. He is left by himself.
2: Right, and he's without God. And I think this is the key point. Once he crosses into the land of Israel, he's protected by God.
1: Oh, yeah, and fact, that may be
2: why he sends the family over, because they'll become under the divine protection. So when he's back on the east side of the river, the north side, however we want to see it, who's I think that for sure we can say, he is completely alone. Okay,
1: so let's let's and, get into the the, the the wrestling match, and then we gotta get into the reconciliation. The wrestling match. Is one of the most profound moments in in the entire Torah. Really, it's 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 a moment that shapes identity uh, because of what happens. It's a moment that literally marks Yaakov in the body. It's a moment of confrontation and it
2: marks his descendants too in their okay. dietary
1: laws for for the gira nasheh, the 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 sinew. What it's called the gira nashe. and it's also based on a on a bit of a pun, but but. Let I me mean, let me take you into the into the text, and I'm just gonna you'll, you'll comment, okay? So, ishimo uh, A man wrestles with him. We don't know the un, unnamed assailant. Bayar kilo He sees that he doesn't prevail against him. Byikah bekaf. Byikah bekaf yerecho. He the, he he wrenches Jacob's hips at its socket. Vatekah kaf and the socket was strained. imo. <laughs> Omer Send me. because it's dawn. I will not send you. Ki until you bless me. Okay. So take it from there. How do you see this moment? What what happened in the in the in the match? Who won? Who lost? What's going on there? Why the blessing? I don't know, take well, I think the first thing we have to recognize
2: is that it's a name changer. (laughs) (laughs) And I think what's important here is as you're telling the story, you're reading it in Hebrew, and it's a lot clearer in Hebrew that the pronouns have no references, that we can't separate out Yaakov from the Malach. So we don't know who's winning and who's losing, and we don't know what's happening to whom, and we're inferring things based on later action.
1: So, literally speaking, it's it's presented in such a cloud. You know, we get the the, the the rabbis talk about avak, you know, the dust comes in. So, you know, imagine you're 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 wrestling in a in a, you know on a dusty sandy surface, and that's all you see. If you're the if you're the spectator, all you see is the dust. And so, but we're the reader here and and the reader doesn't even know you know at what point one is prevailing or another i mean and and i'm not a big wrestling fan but but lately i've been watching some some videos just to get for for anthropological purposes of course <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> and and you know that's that's the whole the whole trick of wrestling is at one point one wrestler is up another point another one is up you know and 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 they all they work it out at the beginning. And and, and of course at the end they're all they're, everyone is a winner, basically, even though there's a victor and a loser. But we'll talk about it in a second. I mean the the the, the text throws up a lot of dust for us.
2: It's like a, a typical Jewish sports league. Everyone gets a trophy at the end of the season. Um, but I think that, you know, we haven't really talked about who the Malach is, who is Jacob is wrestling with. Well, the Right. And the way we've described it so far suggests that is what supports the idea that Jacob is really wrestling with himself. And that's why the pronouns perhaps are indeterminate. Because well, it's someone outside of himself. It's someone within. And then it would not be necessarily a literal wrestling match, but a metaphorical wrestling match.
1: But may I offer the following, which is that I was reading the commentary, of Yair I mentioned it last week also, and, and he says that there are hints here of earlier stories and earlier mythologies going on. In fact, that, that the assailant was God, and that, and that the biblical writers were, were very uncomfortable with, with an anthropomorphic you know, presentation here, and they had to strip it away. And, and the closest that they would get is, is to, to have the angel as an angel, a uh, and not as a real person. And of course, you know, the psychological interpretation is that he's wrestling with himself. I mean, even, even mythologically, there's an aspect of self, but that 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 God is wrestling with him and that he is, you know, named for the one that wrestles with God. I'm not particularly, you know, how do you you know, we interpret Yisrael? That's that's a question that we can ask in a second. But but sure. there's a there's the adversary is not only that himself, the Avneris, he's, he's actually wrestling with the divine.
2: So this reminds me of the story with Moshe, and um, exactly, and yeah, exactly.
0: I I think that's quite right that there's that there is. Uh, first of all, we have we have any number of midrashic tales about angels like not liking human beings and the angels feeling competitive with human beings and the angels saying, don't, don't create human beings and stuff like that. The, the angels, there's a, a, so to speak, s- sibling rivalry in midrashic traditions about angels. And, uh, and so an angel, w- whether it was originally, you know, like God or some, some heavenly being, it, it works to say that there is, as Barry said, I, I was also thinking about Moshe and the, and the, uh, by an angel because of the, uh, hatandami, because of the failure to circumcise. Um, but I, I think that, like any good poetry or any, any really rich mythology, it's, it like, re, it, it unduly reduces it to say it is X or it is Y, or it stands for X or it stands for Y. I think that, all the psychological reading is incredibly vivid. Otherwise the Torah would never have said stuff like he was there all alone, and he, the name of the river is, is his own name with letters transposed. But I think the pshat, or like simple semantic thing, must have been something like um, a standstill with Aesop's guardian angel. That just seems to I mean, that's not just me, but uh, uh, it, it seems a very plausible pshat to say, that he's got to confront Esau and, and that may involve self-confrontation have, having cheated Esau out of his out of his brachot. but uh, but there he's he's you know has to has to contend with the the spirit of his brother and by the way it's a standstill
2: so, so uh, standstill. it's
0: Go more ahead. powerful
2: than that because it's not just a standstill i think so in the earlier scene he tricks esau and he tricks his father And so he is able to prevail with his wits. Here he prevails with strength. He holds on to the angel and the angel can't let go. And so in a sense, he's become Esau. Because Esau is a physically powerful twin and Jacob is not. And I think that, you know, the, the one thing that we haven't really talked about is that this interchange between the human and the divine plays itself out at several points in the story. It becomes the name of the place, Peniel. you know, he saw God. And it also is going to be when he meets Esau, he's going to say, now I can, I can't remember the exact verse, but it's as if I saw God. Seeing, seeing you is as if I saw God. Right. And that's a very powerful statement. I,
0: I And I think. It, so what do you, so what do you think? So what do you, First of all, that the the motif of the place being Piniel and seeing your face is like seeing the face of God, uh, and there are, there are other like Sarita im Elohim Vima Nashim you have contended with, wrestled with. There's you know the, the the there's no obvious Hebrew word that Sarita correlates to, and so wrestles with is one common translation, but so is. Lashur to see to gaze upon, and there's a midrash that calls Yisrael Ish the, the the person who saw God. So I think that that's a very plausible, uh, very plausible reading here that this this is about a revelation, and and that's so beautiful on multiple levels. One of which is that when he sees when he, when Jacob sees the human Asav and says, "Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God," it's it's a really beautiful moment of human
1: connection. Can we take it back one step? Because the, the desire for the blessing, I'm not going to let you go. I, I, we relate so so beautifully to that moment, which is the moment at the end of the match, where in order for the match to end properly, uh, the, the combatants have to signal to each other uh, a kind of acceptance. I mean, and, and we can all relate to this from our favorite sports. You know where where the, the 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 opponents shake hands at the end. I'm thinking about the end of the Stanley Cup playoffs, of course. You know where they line up. But this is true. You know in, in every sport. You know in 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 tennis, for example, at the end of a match. You know if you don't see the handshaking at the end of the match, it it leaves the audience with a feeling of of dread. I do you want to
0: comment? Think of moment? how think of how intense this is. About about I've never seen one of those UFC fights, but. In boxing, that's especially true. The guys pound the crap out of each other, literally try to draw blood from their noses
1: and eyes, and, and, and then they hug. <laughs> yes, and they hug. And the reason why they hug is because they, they are saying many things. They're saying, you have made me a better player. You have made me a better boxer. You have made me a better human being, a better man. You and now the hug enables us to traverse a boundary into reality, and that for the moment that they for the evening that they are fighting, reality has been suspended. I mean, I've talked about all the dust there, and now that 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 the the, the I mean the sun is rising. We have the literal boundary of day and night. Uh, we have you know things have to, it has to end on the right. No, it has to end with grace. So
2: the way you picture it, Elliot, is as if the angel is going to go off sulking, and then Jacob says, "You have to say good game."
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And well, absolutely. you can't, yeah. you can't, uh, you know, do that to an angel. You can't, you can't ruin the angel's day. The angel has to go off and pray to God. You know, the angel has to. You can't put the angel in a bad mood. You can't. It's but it's it's upsetting to the entire cosmos, is what I'm saying. That that on the level of sport, and and, and those of us who are engaged in it, I, I don't think I'm as engaged as, in half as much as other people. But when you don't see that kind of camaraderie or that kind of sportsmanship at the end of the match, it's it's a bitter, it's a soul-crushing moment to the to the viewer. Right? You need that. It's you need that from a ritual perspective. Okay. I want we can't. I, we want
0: return, to, I want to return for one second though to, to, to a couple of points. Yeah, you know, Barry said it's not a standstill because Jacob kind of prevails. He said to prevail. It's it's somewhat true. Obviously, uh obviously the Torah says you contend with, with God and, and humanity and prevail. On the other hand, and he gets a blessing. He does get the blessing. He does he does get this new name, which is a is an obvious, you know, uh, Benefit or, or you know, compliment or whatever. But it's it's also true that that. Uh, and as we we said before, it was it's not clear that you know, who who is seeing who who cannot conquer. So that they, they do kind of wrestle to a standstill, and Jacob leaves this injured, right? And he is limping. Um, the word thigh in the Bible. Very often is a euphemism for the thigh region um, and not not just the uh, the the thigh itself, so there is a kind of not you know i don't know like a dirty joke or or a, almost a a side you know the low blow uh, a low blow a low blow perhaps uh, is related to this conflict between Jacob and the angel and i I think that that this is a a very intense moment. It's not. It's not a clear resolution. The second thing I wanted to say just is about, to the extent that this is that this is representing Esau, the angel is representing Esau, um, and that phrase about "I won't let you go until you bless me." Um, I, I think is 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 a suggestion. When we talk for in a second about the the nature of the reconciliation or non reconciliation or whatever it is, it, it is a suggestion. That the ASAP force, this angelic ASAP force, maybe is oriented to forgiveness, maybe is oriented to Saint Jacob said, Listen, we've been through a lot. I need to know that you want me to have a blessing. I need to know that you're not, you know, harboring desire to kill me. Uh, do you have it in you, ASAP or ASAP guardian angel, to wish me? The word that we were using before in our conversation before the, the show started is grace. Do you do you wish me chenina? Do you w- wish me that benefit? And that's I think a huge question that, that is always present in when people wrong each other and when they give forgiveness. With with forgiveness, do we just say, "All right, all right, the debt's clear," but I still hate you, yeah. or or do we say, "We've been through a lot, and I really wish you well now."
1: Well, Barry, so anyway. I would.
2: What I would add is that the way that you have read it just now suggests that it's actually restorative because Jacob needs the blessing from the firstborn. He is now going to get the B'chorah from the true B'chor. And maybe that's the importance of the blessing is that in being blessed by Esau, he recognizes that what happened two weeks ago does not have the reality that he thought was attached to it. But that in fact, Esau is the B'chor. He was the, should have been the recipient of the, of the blessing. Jacob took it. And now I think Jacob acknowledges that the blessing has to come from Esau here as well.
1: All right, quickly, your view of the reconciliation. They ran, he ran to him, Esau ran to him, embraced him, falling on a neck, he kissed him, and they wept. Genuine, not genuine, full reconciliation, half, or unsuccessful. Barry.
2: I think from Esau's point of view, it's a full reconciliation. I think that Jacob is conflicted. I think... He wants it to be a full reconciliation, but as you know, we spoke before we started taping. I think there is a sense that the destinies of the two brothers is different, and they cannot live together. They don't have to live at war, but they also cannot live as family. Jeremy, and therefore the reconciliation is is limited.
1: Uh, basically agree. Bas- basically agree. Yeah. I want, he, we wanted to be, we wanted to be a reconciliation, but we we just know this character too too much that there he's carrying a lot of the past with him. You know, I showed you the the video of Frank Sinatra bringing Dean. Martin. Describe you have to describe it to our, you got to describe it to our many listeners what you showed us. So you got to Google, you've got to go to YouTube and see the 1976 Jerry Lewis telethon where Frank Sinatra. You know, is chatting with him, giving him all sorts of you know things. And he says, Oh, by the way, I have someone who wants to see you. And he pulls out Dean Martin, who they haven't seen each other in 20 years after a bitter, bitter, you know, breakup, and they just hug and they kiss. And you see in this moment, you know, there's genuine reconciliation, but there's also a little a little bit of suspicion. There's a kiss, and you know, the rabbis make a whole deal out of the shakeu that he didn't kiss him, he bit him, you know, and it's filled with that ambiguity. And I can't, I can't think of a better way to, to describe this moment, which is one person, the more vulnerable, I think, is Esau. And because he, he's, he's leaving it all out there. And Yaakov, is, he's still got some stuff in the past. I think that, that
0: last point that you just made is, is really very much right on point, that, that Esau throughout this story has been the vulnerable one and that though we say Yaakov is Tom, and if, if Tom, that the meaning of Tom includes a certain naivete, actually Asaph is the naive character, and and Jacob is the wily character. And I think you you got it right on. Asaph has done well. He doesn't need the gifts, um, even though Jacob is really quite abundant and has great gifts for him. But Asaph says, "Okay, let's 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 get together." And Jacob says, "You ride on ahead," and he goes runs in the opposite direction. Jacob doesn't reciprocate Asa's desire to share the family. And it may be the case, as Barry alluded to before, that in the Torah's uh, seder, seder of uh, priorities, um, the Torah wants to stress that the people of Jacob need to be different from not connected to the other residents in the area. And Edom just cannot be part of Israel.
1: Absolutely. But...
0: Uh, but you know, I, I think that the, we, as we felt in Parsha Toldah, we feel, we feel for Esau now, who does appear to be uh, needing his, his difficult brother's
2: approval. So Jacob, I mean, Esau is very much like Isaac. He's always at home in the land. Jacob is not. And there's a sense of r- rulelessness almost to Jacob. And and the part of the story that the partial that we're gonna skip this week, obviously, for time reasons, his root his rootlessness is exposed even further. So even though he wants to be a good neighbor, he can't be a good neighbor. It's
1: just and, so much, Go ahead. I just want to say there's just so much complexity that this lingers on, you know, from this moment.
2: It it does linger on because I think that, you know, the 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 existential tensions are existential because they persist throughout human history, not because you know we reach a resolution here. And this is, you know, it's a tension between Galuda and Erz Israel, and it's a tension between being at home in the world and not being at home.
1: It, it would probably be a good place to 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 say we have to leave it because it's unresolved. <laughs> we have to leave
0: it. yeah. So, so I just want to say about, about that point. What I really, you know, among the things that I really appreciate and and resonate with is that you you have done a great job, Barry, of taking a story about two individuals and showing how it connects to the mythic story of the people.
1: Absolutely, you know,
0: and that's that's I think really, you know, the three of us. One of the if we, if I can say such a thing, one of the reasons this, this I think works with us is that we're we're, we're successful at doing that, trying to t- take the stories and showing what they mean on a religious yeah. level as Jews.
2: We know these. I concur wholeheartedly. We we know these people. They
1: and, and they are us too. We, we 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 are all in these characters, and that's the real truth. Well, oh my God! So we reached the end of this this time. We haven't even touched the surface as usual, but it's a great, great fun. It's It's been wonderful. wonderful. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom, man.